This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. Hi, Tanner. Everything's going great. Everything's going great. The universe is conspiring against us. We've spent the last 45 minutes trying to get our audio to work. Mm-hmm. And then once we figured that out, and by the way, no idea how we figured it out. Nope. Nope. Through a series of plugging and unplugging, the audio's working now. We didn't learn anything. Yeah. Um, opened up my notes. Gone. Gone. Oh, I have the book here. Usually I take notes right in iBooks. Mm-hmm. Just nothing. Yeah. So... It's going to be interesting when we get to the burn of the week. Here we go. Yeah. Well, Tanner. Here we go. Oh, and don't bring up uh, Sentient Bird, because I cut Sentient Bird stuff out of the entirety of the last episode. Now, let's talk about Sentient Birds. Yeah. That's not... Like I said, don't, because I cut I I cut all of the Sentient Bird stuff, just for time. Yeah. Out of the, uh, the last episode I edited, so... Well, so this we'll... Is, we'll I don't have any notes, so <laughs> most of my stuff is sentient bird related this week, and this is <laughs> okay. this is a thought I'm forming right now. Yeah, um, the girls are birds, huh? <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're either. Uh, I think we think they're salmon. Oh, right, they're salmon. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I've got some. I got a salmon theory for you this week. Do you want to start right off on that? Yeah, I would love to. Let me see if I have anything about salmon in my notes. Nope. Okay, here's what I've got. On Sunday night, my mom made us a special going-away dinner of salmon and asparagus. Watson loved it. I mean, All I'm saying is, we don't hear shit about salmon, and then we come up with the idea, or you come up with the idea, that these girls are not bees, but are in we. fact salmon. Or birds, yeah. Not, probably not birds. And then... And then suddenly, Anne's dropping salmon left and right. Right. Here's a question. Yeah. Do salmon eat other salmon? I doubt. No, I doubt it. I don't think they have much teeth. Mm, do you need teeth to eat salmon? I think if you're a salmon. Okay. I don't know. I think once you steam them, <laughs> uh-huh. it kind of falls off the bone, you know? Mm-hmm. So you think that, okay, I don't, I don't want to get into it. Anyway, just a word of warning and we'll just cut all this stuff out. Don't bring up sentient no birds. birds. Salmon is okay, though. Salmon's fine. We, it's in the text. Okay. And salmon theory, and we're going to go, Baby Nation, don't worry. I know you guys, some people are probably invested in bee theory and maybe bought the t-shirt. We're gonna, or bird theory. We're gonna maybe go, you bought the bird theory t-shirt there's too. There's actually but. no, because we cut that out. But we're going to go back through all our episodes, and I'm just going to say, have one of us say salmon anytime the word bee is mentioned. So it, it'll seamlessly work. And then we'll send out supplementary stickers to anyone who bought the right. B-Theory t-shirts. Smart. That's very smart. That make it seem more like a salmon t-shirt. That's really smart. Mm-hmm. And then birds too, or? Oh, no, because I cut that out, so there's no birds. I think... Cut that out of the last episode. Okay. Cut it out. I was saying it to you as a procedural I think we note. should give people the option. Okay. Like, whichever path they want to go down. Okay. Maybe the girls are bees, maybe they're salmon, maybe they're birds. Okay. We will also print bird theory and salmon theory shirts <laughs> and supplemental bee theory decals that you can put on your bird or 
Salmon Theory shirts uh-huh. in case you bought into Bird Theory or Salmon Theory at the beginning, but you want to, like, you're like, oh, no, I'm into Bee Theory, so you want to change your shirt yeah. to reflect your new beliefs. Yeah. And uh, new baby birds, if you're just joining us, I'm sure all of that was fairly self-explanatory. Yeah. Hi, hi, and welcome. Welcome at last. Welcome at last, at long last, <laughs> to the Babysitter's Club. Club. Well, I can't believe we've done it. I can't believe we've done this. <laughs> I can't believe we've done this. I can't believe you've done this. I'm Jack Shepard. My name... Is Tanner Greenring. Y'all ready for this? Okay. Sorry. I wasn't. And do you want me to take another run at that? Because you kind of stepped on it. I love there. Tanner Green Ring. Wait, did I say? So now if we add that together, it's just going to say my name. Y'all ready for this? See, you stepped on it again. Okay. Do you want it? Should we just take it from the top? Hi, hi. Welcome to the Babysitter's Club. Club. I'm Jack Shepard. And my name is Tanner Grinring. And y'all ready for this? Jack, I swear to God, this is not rocket science, bud. Okay. Should we just one more just super fucking fast? Right from the top. Fast, 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 fast. Welcome to the Babysitters Club. Club. I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Grinring. Y'all ready for this? Okay, hang on. Come in on club. Just give me give me a clean edit. Get, it, Let's listen. just get a clean edit. I'm gonna start. Da, I'm gonna da, go, da, nope. No. Da, gonna, da, da, no. Nope. Just listen to me. Just let's do the clean edit. No, from the top. Y'all ready? No. Okay. From the top. Come in on club. After you say t- your name, I will pause so you can say y'all ready for this. Hi, yeah. hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club. 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 My name is Jack Shepard. Da 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 da. My name is Santa Greenring. Y'all ready for this? Oh. I certainly was, Tanner. And are y'all ready for the description of what this podcast is? Because I'm about to say it to you. It's a podcast wherein the two of us read the classic novels in the great sitter cycle by the hand that shakes the princess of the Prince of Town, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats. She is the first of her name, the last of her kind, the last hope for humankind. Y'all ready for this? Nice. Ah. Oh. Three point. Thank you. Pulled it out there. This week we are reading the anti-penultimate novel in the series. Christie at bat. Mm. I read it. I read it. Some of us took notes. We all took notes. Some of us kept our notes. We all took notes. I remember one note. Can I just, can I quickly catalog (laughs) the notes I remember taking? You want to catalog the notes. Okay. Maybe you can help freshen some of this stuff up for me. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Had a burn of the week. Definitely had one. Yep. Don't remember what it was. Had a baller of the week, and mm. I think it was about a baseball player with a cool name. Okay. Don't remember what it was. Okay. Arm stuff definitely came up. Oh. I remember taking a note about arm stuff. So okay. if you managed to capture arm stuff, that would be great. Uh, no, I didn't, but we can maybe search the text for the word arm. And I remember Abby destroyed a young man's hobby for him. Yep. Barry. Oh, Barry. Yep. She ruined Barry's hobby. Mm-hmm. I remember there being, um, what was the thing? The Stanford prison experiment. Did you capture anything on that? Um, well, it's recently been somewhat debunked. Okay. But I definitely had a note on that. 
Um, there's a lot of evidence that some of the participants uh, were coached. Yeah, I had a tearful moment. It's really thrown a lot of social psychology into disarray over the last 50 years. I do years. remember my tearful moment pretty vividly. Okay, Tanner, how about if we let some of this so stuff... If you, if you have any overlap with any of that stuff, that would be great. Just like do a lot of the okay. the labor this week. Okay, okay. Because I'm not going to be able to contribute a lot otherwise. Would you describe yourself this week, Tanner, as something of a second string host? No. I would say that I am overcoming adversity to host this show to the best of my abilities, despite everything that's been taken away from me and all the difficulties that have been put in front of me. Okay. And all the hurdles that I have to leap over. And actually, I'm doing twice as much work as you are, because I don't have any notes. Okay. Well, that's nice, and that's fine, but the final rosters have actually already been posted. Oh, no. So, uh, do you want to just check it up on the board? Yeah. Yeah. What does it, it says, say? First there? team, mm-hmm. Jack. Yeah, and it's then not it, clear which Jack. Who else is on? And then it says else? second team Tanner. Yeah. Oh shoot! Oh, that's a that's a bum that rap. Sucks. But listen, being on the second team it doesn't mean you're bad. No, it does. A lot of good girls are on the second team. Yeah, and I just had an idea, Jack. What? I think I might know how to recover my notes. One sec. <laughs> okay. Great. Let me hit pause real quick. Okay. Fine. Baby Nation, sorry, Salmon Nation, I can report now um, that we took a brief break, and during that break, Tanner was able to recover his notes. Baby Nation, I deauthorized my computer. They don't want to hear why. And then I got my notes up. Yeah. They're back. Yeah. Let's go through a quick recap of what my notes are. No, we already went through. Have a burn of the week. Have a baller of the week. Oh, Jack, I just like... I have a beautiful fucking mind here. Okay. It's like my mind palace is so sharp. Yeah. Baller of the week. Stanford prison experiment, which disclaimer has been deprecated. Christy, still unarmed stuff. Okay. Does she want to talk about that? How about we... uh... Great job, Abby. You ruined this young boy's hobby. That's a note I had. That's it? That's the extent of your notes? I have like 10 pages of notes. Tearful moment. That's your fucking notes. Yeah, I didn't say I was missing a lot. It was I have six notes. Well, it sure felt like it. You know who you are to me today, Tanner, right now, after this? You are this week's Vicky Sahadavan. Okay. You are the most improved podcaster. Oh. Yeah. Well. You try, and that's what matters. You know what, Jack? Yeah. This week, you're my mm-hmm. Vicky Savadahan. No, that's what I said you are. Because uh, we spent 45 minutes trying to get your mic issues working, and we finally did. So, congratulations. You're the most improved podcaster this week, according to a panel of judges. Okay, thank you. Well, there yeah. can only be one, and it was already you, so that's a waste of time. Tanner, what about if we just... Okay, fine. You have the cleanest uniform. Thank you. You have the award for the cleanest uniform. Okay, I'll take which it. Which means you... You know that's weird because it's I. It's kind have, of a backhanded compliment because it means you didn't actually do a lot of work out there on the field. Okay, well, I definitely my uniform, such as it is, is almost certainly covered in snot and spit and whatever else my baby. Hey, I don't want to hear about what you do in your personal time with your wife. You know that's between you and Sarah. Okay, all right, fine. How about if we describe the novel? Okay. Okay. 
God, I'm so glad I got my notes. I'm delighted if you're delighted. What about if I describe the novel, then I'll put 60 seconds on this big bad clock, and we'll have you describe the novel. Okay. Great. Okay, no singing. I'll begin now. Baseball prodigy Christy Thomas has it all. A wicked curveball, a killer swing, and an OBP that would make Barry Bonds jealous. OBP? On base percentage. And Barry Bonds is a baseball man? A baseball player. Yep. Baseball prodigy Christy Thomas has it all. A wicked You don't have to start over. Okay, fine. Barry Bonds. But when she hits a slump that sees her relegated to the practice squad, Christy's dream of baseball stardom becomes a living nightmare. Populated with disappointed teammates, disgusted coaches, and the ever-present specter of the man who first taught her how to run the bases. Her no good, down and out, deadbeat dad. Christy at bat. Hmm. Short, sweet, to the point. Very short, very sweet. I thought there was going to be a lot more baseball lingo in there that I was going to be able to interrupt with. Yep. Well, I thought that was going to be my like fun bit well, through that segment. I'm glad that you just let me and get through it. You didn't do any more baseball lingo. Yep, just LBP. On base percentage, you should know it. Tanner, yeah. what about if sure, you describe man. What if baseball you... boy? Okay. Oh, that reminds me of a hot segment, actually. Yeah. It's called... I don't know how we do this. Yeah. Double play ball right at Simmons. Claudia and Stacy. I picked this up with the bat. Follow through with the bat. Baseball, baseball idiots. idiots. They, you had one this week. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? This is a segment where we talk about how Claudia and Stacy are baseball idiots. Yeah. (laughs) You want me to read it? Yeah. I could see the problem coming from a mile away, but Claudia was taken by surprise. She doesn't have a clue about baseball cards, except as art objects. That's how she was looking at them that day when David Michael began showing her his collection. She noticed the colors of the uniforms, the way the cards were designed, and the little drawings on the backs. Forget about all of that, David Michael said impatiently, pulling another card out of a shoot. This is actually a typo negative. Pulling out another card. Oh. Pulling another card out of beep. 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 Typo negative. The typo is pulling another card out of shoebox. What does that mean? Well, well, this has been typo negative. Pulling another card out of. Sh- <laughs> pulling another card out of the shoebox where he kept them. Look Jack? at this one. Hey, Jack, not to stop you. What? Don't you dare put words in Ella Miles' mouth. Okay. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> she is a professional. Yeah. And if she said it, she meant it. She, If she said it, she meant it. Okay. Can I take another run of that? And I'm sorry, Ellen Miles. Please? Forget about all of that, David Michael said impatiently, pulling another card out of shoebox where he kept them. Look at this one. Michael Cannon. He is the coolest player. Oh! You did it, Jack. What? Da 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 da! Baller of the week. You found Tanner's secret baller of the week this week, <laughs> and it was baseball player with cool name Michael Cannon. Baller because his name is Michael Cannon. Yeah, and that's what you captured. Not that this is obviously a clear example of Claudia and Stacey baseball idiots. Ba na 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 na. Or 
typo negative. No, I missed all that. that <laughs> but you did manage to find my secret baller of the week this week. Okay, cool. Do you want to talk about it some more? And it was baseball player Michael Cannon. Great. Because of his name. You'll never believe how good his arm is, Jack. How good? It's like a cannon. Okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, that's pretty much all the segments. Oh, Jack's getting a text. I'm turning my phone off because people keep texting me. Whom? What do you mean, whom? Whom is texting? Yeah, exactly. I hope you're ashamed of yourself. Look at this one. Michael Cannon, this week's Baller of the Week. He is the coolest player. He always hits home runs. I like the teal trim on his uniform, said Claudia thoughtfully. Although I think he'd look better in something more on the purple side. David Michael rolled his eyes. Yeah. Claudia, you are this week's Claudia and Stacy, baseball idiots. Yeah. Tanner, would you like to describe the novel? Yeah. Let me take a run at it. Okay. You know? Hey, Jack? Yeah. Put me in, coach. Thought you were going to say that at some point. I'm ready to play. Look at me, Jack. I could be center field. Second string. You know who sings that song this week? You. Oh, yeah. Watson. Watson does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He sings it in the Watson car. Watson was a delight this week. Watson was yeah. lovely. Yeah. Um, Tanner, I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have handy during those 60 seconds. I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this fantastic, we have not mentioned how good it is, this fantastic novel by Anna Martin and Ellen Miles. You ready? Miles for Miles. Yeah. I'm going to begin now. Okay. Uh, here's what's happening this week. Watson invited Christy to go to baseball dream camp with him because his favorite player, Bill Baines, is is hosting. Bill Baines gonna be Bill Bain is hosting and he's gonna be coaching we don't focus on names, Jack. Uh he's gonna be coaching father daughter pairs. They go. Watson's very excited. He wants to get all his stuff signed by Bill Bain. Uh, it turns out Bill Bain is an aloof, sort of like lazy asshole who like tells Watson to buzz off at some point when Watson's asking for an autograph. He's never around for the practices. There's some other people around, including this woman who was on the team from League of Their Own. And eventually Christy yells at Bill Bain and says, you're a real mean guy, Bill Bain. And he has a change of heart and he becomes a great coach and he helps the Bill Baines Blue Batters win the pennant. And time. There is no B-plot. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, terrible. Very bad. The B-plot was so insignificant that it barely, it just doesn't register. Oh, interesting, because it's where you pulled your baller of the week from this week. The B-plot is that David Michael is trying to learn how to trade baseball cards and he needs to learn a lesson from a tough bully who does some bad trades with him. Wow. Guess you're not a, a fan of the free market, eh, Jack? Tanner, you also left out the fact that Christy was relegated to the second team. Right. Yeah, there was that bit about at the beginning. Christy goes to do a tryout mm-hmm. because she's there's a new season yep. of baseball. Mm-hmm. She goes to do a tryout. She doesn't put her all into it. She thinks she's a shoe-in. Coach Wu likes her. Coach Wu knows her well. Mm-hmm. And she gets relegated to second league. Yeah, and that's, as you know, that's fine. Just as good. Yeah, it's just as good. There's a lot of strong players on second league. It stings for her, though. It stings. And it, I guess she's just, you know, I guess she's just um, status-obsessed. Yeah. You know? A lot of people are status-obsessed. They're egotistical. Not Christy. 
No, I think a lot of people who are on the first team or are obsessed with being on the first team or obsessed with not being on the second team mm-hmm. are ego-driven, like gross, mm-hmm. manipulative, mm-hmm. status-driven individuals. Okay. You know what I mean? What about the people on the who end up on the second team against their will and lash out? Well, I think a lot of the people on the second team just are in it for the love of the game. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Not really. Yeah. It's pretty... Well, no, you wouldn't. Okay. Um, I call this novel a babysitter in the city narrative. It's distinct. I've been doing a taxonomy of babysitters club novels. In your free time? Yes. Okay. It's distinct in my mind from what I call the cuckoo's egg narrative, Mm -hmm. which is when some strange, usually baby or other kind of thing is brought into Stony Brook from the outside and the babysitters have to solve it. These are often like kids who are being... Kids with, like, challenges or kids who are being, like, hurt in some way by their parents. And, and you think that's... And you call these kids strange, huh? And I was thinking about, in particular, the superb rat. Yeah, a very troubled young man. A troubled young man. He was just trying to make a go of his, like, film career at the same time as just trying to be a kid. But right. that's strange to you, huh? You say... You look at that boy and you say, boy, you are strange. I think so, yeah. He's a... Or maybe Suzanne, you know? The young woman with... Uh, with Down syndrome, or maybe the Nichols boys who father beat them. You say you look at all these kids and you say you are strange. I, children. I call it a cuckoo's egg narrative. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. What do you call it then? I call them very special books. Okay, that's different. You know? That's they're different. Very you know, special that's kids. That's you know that's different that we're talking about in these books. I call it a cuckoo's egg narrative. It's also distinct from what I call the Civil War narrative. Yep, you know where. You got a problem the with that? The Sokovian contract and, like, Senator Ross wants all the babysitters to register. And yeah. Christie is like, I think we should register. Yeah. Like, we're unchecked. Our power's unchecked. Right. While a great many people see you as a hero, there are some who prefer the word vigilante. And then Marianne, Marianne is, like, is like, I am beholden no, to no man. we're going to go and yeah, we're going to go underground and yeah, yep. Or what I call the GCBSF narrative, good clean babysitting fun. Yeah, this book was none. It was a babysitter in the city. Babysitter in the city oh, yeah. is when they send one or more babysitters out of town. To go yep. live their life amongst a new cast of characters. It's an underrated and wonderful example of the genre. I am a fan of Babysitter in the City narratives. Yeah. The only thing about them, though, is that they are often lacking in B-plot. Yeah. Because the babysitter is separated from Stony Brook and right. the rest of the babysitters. Yeah, so the B-plot tends to happen back home. And it's always usually pretty weak. I think the last Babysitter in the City book we had was just a couple of books ago. All new, Mallory Pike. Yeah. There was very little B-plot in that one. I wonder if you read these novels in the hatchet order. Yeah. And make note of these four different archetypes, whether you might learn something. Me personally or? One. One. Yeah. Yeah. I've read a lot of these books and I have not learned anything so far. New Baby Salmon, if you want to know the hatchet order, you should probably go back a couple of episodes but basically it involves reading book one nope and book 100 at the same time yeah if you can somehow rig it up so you're reading as you're right maybe listening to one so you read book one through 31 and book 100 through 131 at the same time then you read 
books 32 through 35 all in one sitting. In one sitting. That's important. And then you read then 36 through 99. Yep. Just like you would read normal books. Yeah. And that's the only way to truly understand this. And I think if you keep in mind as you're doing it, if someone wants to do this and mark off whether there's a regularity to Babysitter in the City, Cuckoo's Egg, Civil War, or GCBSF, yeah. I would appreciate that research. And I guess this is as good a time as any to announce kind of what we're up to next after we finish. Oh, yeah. I'm interested. The as Babysitter's well. Club is we're going to do it again. Yeah. But we're going to do Hatchover this time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Jack is going to read book one. I'm going to read book 100. Yeah. We're going to go through the first 31 that way. Yeah. Now, then, then what comes next? Uh, then we both read 32 through 35 in one sitting. Talk about right. that. Yep. That'll be a long episode. And then we just then start we just... at 36 and go back to 99. Yeah. Uh, just as normal. Now, do you do you have any thoughts on the Dead Sea Hatchet Order? Well, I think Hatchet Order is kind of based on the Dead Sea idea mm. that the first books are begin at one hundred, right? But yeah, what's your thought? Do you have thoughts on what, how the Dead Sea Hatchet Order goes? Yeah, yeah. I think you read book one hundred through one thirty one. Right. Okay. So Dead Sea Hatchet is you read one hundred through one thirty one. Yep. Then you read one through ninety nine. Sorry? No, those I don't count those. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you read 100 through 131. And yeah. then, then I don't gone. count the prequels. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, that makes sense. Um the Dead Sea Hatchet order has some some real merits to it. Yeah, you read a lot fewer books. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, real purists. I from what I've heard, real purists only do Dead Sea Hatchet. Yeah. Um let's see. T- um okay. let's see, Jack. Okay. I, you just repeat can I did just, the baller of the week? Can I point out for the record that I started saying let's see Tanner and then you just interrupted me by repeating what I said? Let's see, Jack. Okay. Yep. What is what is it? <sighs> when we caught the balls, okay. if we caught the balls, I dropped the first two that were hit to me. We were supposed to throw them to the person who was the furthest from where we were standing. Outfielders, like me, Christy Thomas, needed to have good arms. And no, that doesn't mean their arms looked good in tank tops. (laughs) Though sometimes that's true, too. It means they're strong and they can throw hard and aim well. Okay. Christy Thomas. Kristen Amanda Thomas. Despite... Everything that's happened to her, despite everything that she's been through, just can't shake arm stuff. This arm lust of hers. Yeah. No, you're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. She's interested in the arms just in general. She's. I mean, and she wasn't at one point. At one point, arm stuff was the last thing she wanted. Yeah. When she broke up with, with Bart Bashir, she was Bart Bashir was way into arm stuff and she was not. But now it's like- She's got a it's taste. It's a little like it's it's it's- titillating you know yeah and this is i i would like to chalk this down to a misconception on her part but it's obviously gone so much further than that because normally when we say he or she has a good arm about a baseball player what you mean is that they're a good pitcher or they're good good at throwing well it means it means they're strong and that they can throw hard and aim well yeah it doesn't it's not about that their arm it's not that you want their arms on you or you want to see their arms in tank tops 
Yeah. Or you want to do Although, arm do arms with get army with them. Yeah. Um get army is nice. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get army with them. Yeah. We're standing around on the street. We're a couple of construction workers, right? We're standing around on the street and we see someone go by and it's like, hey, whoa. Hey. <laughs> I'd like to get army with them. Hey, are those your arms? <laughs> Hey, who, uh, you don't like me shouting at you in the street? Who's going to stop me? You and, you and, you and what army? Okay, good. You got there? You yeah. got there? I think the way that you do arm stuff with someone is that you both stand face to face pretty close and then yeah. you both extend your arms and then well, just like. Whoop. Now we have to do an explicit warning on this one. Okay. And then you just w- both wave your arms. Sorry, Baby Nation. Um, yeah, just we, we're gonna go back. We're gonna put this right before what Jack just said. But explicit warning: yeah. if you have kids in the car, if you're in the car, if you're like doing dishes and you have kids around, pause now. Send them out of the room. Yeah, <laughs> Jack's about to say something pretty explicit about arm stuff. Yeah. So okay, and we're back in real time now. So you stand face to face. Yeah. First, you say to someone, are those your arms? Yeah. And if they say yes, if they say Sad. no, just fucking leave them I'd alone. I'd like to see them on my bedroom floor. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that works, too. If any of that works, then you stand face to face about two, f- about a foot. Arms length apart. No, less than that. Oh, yeah. Arms length apart. Yeah. And then you extend both your arms. Each yeah. does. And then you don't just, do it at me right now. <laughs> I'm doing it at Tanner. And then you just <laughs> wave your arms up and down so that they're yeah. like slapping on each other. Oh. <laughs> oh, there it goes. Oh, there it goes. That's arm stuff. And Christy still has that hunger. Yeah. You know, Barbashir, it was forbidden fruit back then. But, yeah. but now it's all she can think about. She's looking at like dad's arms. <laughs> yeah. And Bill Bain's arms. There's a, a famous British sitcom called Dad's Army. There it goes. <laughs> Tanner, what about if we take a break? Okay. Okay, you say goodbye real quick. You say goodbye. Fuck you. <laughs> goodbye. Tanner, we have an oof that we didn't do this. We have forgotten a major character in this novel. Gloria. Michael Cannon? No, we got him. Gloria. I talked about her in my recap. Gloria was on the Peaches. Georgia Peaches. The Georgia Peaches. You may know it from the hit movie. Field of Dreams. League of Their Own. Mm. And the foil to Gloria is this guy, Bill Bain. Yep. Who is this washed up. Barry Bonds. Bill Bain. You said Barry Bonds earlier. Okay. But now I'm saying Bill baseball, Bain. He's like a baseball man. As you know, Bill Bain is one of the major characters in this novel that we just read that we're both just talking about. Mm. If you're going to fight me on this level of detail, we're in real trouble. Yeah. I thought that was fascinating. So Gloria, obviously, if you think about her name, represents glory, right? She represents the glory that Christie is striving for. She represents Christie's best self or her most successful self. And then Bane, this cantankerous, washed oh, up over the hill man. You've merely ex- adopted baseball. Exactly. I, I was, was born in baseball. I was born in it. Molded by it. 
he represents the failure and the pitfalls that lead to that failure. Narcissism, Christie's narcissism. You were talking about it earlier when you were trying to razz me. Her inwardness, her self-doubt, her lack of grace. So you've mm-hmm. got Gloria. I think this is a beautiful thing that Ellen Miles is doing. Is she's setting up Gloria on the one hand and then Bane on the other side as these two possible directions that Christie can go. And it is not an accident, Tanner, that Bane brings this masculine energy and Gloria represents the ascendant feminine within Christie because of the father issues that are so deeply uh, yeah. tied up. Christy was having some novel. weird things going on this week with her dad. My dad who abandoned me, she says. Why was I even spending so much time thinking about him lately? She calls him up. She calls him up. And it goes straight to voicemail. Sorry, to answering machine. Yeah. No, it's like 99. Probably voicemail. There's a cell phone in this book. Oh, uh, yeah. Bill Bain has one. Bill Bain has Oh, no, sorry. Cell- it's not Bill Bain. It's Matt. Yeah, Matt, one of the other coaches. Yeah. No, no, that won't be necessary. He dug into his jacket pocket. We're high tech here, he continued with a grin, pulling out a cell phone. He yanked up the antenna, dialed, and spoke into the phone. Yeah. Classy stuff. Future tech. 99. How old are you? 99. I was a either sophomore or junior in college. Do you have a phone? Cell phone? No. 99? No. I think I may have. They're pulling antennas up and down. I definitely had a cell phone in high school well and i graduated out too yeah so i guess i was cooler than you yeah i guess so. i would have tried to call you back then but uh i couldn't <laughs> well you didn't have a phone okay well and we didn't know I, maybe i could have called your beeper am i right yeah i did have a beeper in 2004 oof i got a beeper that's... in 2004 wait <laughs> that's way too late to be getting a beeper yeah i was being an asshole <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fucking hilarious. Get a beeper now. Oh, Jack, get yeah. a beeper now. I was just page me. I'll get back get to you. Get a beeper now, please. Page me with your code and I'll get back to you. I would. I fucking would, man. I loved it. I loved Let's get it. Beepers. And then the cool thing about it is at parties you can be like, hey, someone just paged me. Can I borrow your cell phone? <laughs> Let's get beepers for Baby Nation. Yeah. So okay. that they can beep us. Yeah. Beepers. When beepers. Beepers. And we'll give Baby Nation our beeper numbers. That's cool. That's cool. I love it. Baby Nation, at the end of the episode, we are going to be giving you our beeper numbers. Yeah. Because <laughs> by, by the time we will uh, publish this episode, we will have gotten pagers, and you can yeah. beep us anytime you'd like. Anytime you'd like. Yeah. Um, Tanner, Anne and Ellen bring this home, and it's not an accident that you brought up Batman, because this is what Anne says in the happy reading section. Excuse me? I didn't bring up Batman. You did bring up Batman. You did a big Bane impression. That's from Batman. Oh, I brought up Bane. Okay. Well, he's... Bane exists in Batman's shadow. Mm. Uh, pretty, he's pretty big. He was born in the shadow. He was born in the... Okay. This is yeah. what... Go ahead. Can I just finish the sentence? This is what yeah. Anne says in the happy reading. Like Mallory, Jim class was the bane of my existence. My friend Jim? No, not... <laughs> Tanner... Okay, fine. Listen to this then. This is from the first chapter of the book. If that didn't reel you in, listen to this. This is one of the first things that is said in this novel. Are you ready for this? Are you all ready for this? You all ready for this? As long, as long. Resisting it as hard as I can. What? 
Okay, all right. As long y'all ready for this? Oh Jesus! Okay, can I say the thing? Yeah, I wish you would, and don't trigger me. Okay, fine. This is one of the first sentences in the novel. As long as there are bats and balls and bases involved, mm. I'm in heaven. That is quite a thing for the bane to bats to put right up top. Anne is the bane of bats. This novel is called Christy at Bat. It's got a guy named Bill Bane in it. And he's the antagonist, this bane to right. bats. For Anne, bats represent fear. But it is a fear that she has overcome to the extent that she is now the bane to bats. Mm, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if Ellen is baiting Anne here. Oh, you think? Okay, because that could be true, too. She's filling this book with bats. She's, like, directly calling Anne out. She's like, this book has a character who is a bane. Maybe Ellen wanted to put something in this novel that only you and I could find. And she knew that if she called it... You think she thinks about us? I know she does. Yeah. She knew that if she called it Christy at bat, Anne would be too scared to even open it. Oh, sure. (laughs) She could have just... hates bats. I'm surprised it's as cold as as it is then. Yeah. Because, like, Anne's not going to open the book. She's not going to read it. She could have just laid it all out. She could have just started it with, chapter one, boys, you've done it. Yeah, they had her write the happy reading, and she was like, "I didn't." She was like, "Didn't know what to do." And so she it does not like, seem like it seemed like she did not read the book. No, yeah, she was just like, "Ah, uh, Christy confronts a lot of bats in this novel, and um, it's fine. Exercise is important. <laughs> I take my dog on a walk, a two mile walk every day, <laughs> and I hate t- uh, Tanner's friend Jim. Anyway, yeah. happy reading." <laughs> well, that's interesting stuff. I'm just surprised Ellen didn't just let us in. Why does she need to be coded? Why does she need to hide from us? Yeah, I don't know. Ellen, we're running out of books. Yeah. Lady, let us in. Let us in. Well, maybe there's something not just inside the book, but on the book's cover, Tanner. Oh, boy. Contents, title page. Scroll up. Can okay. You call, um... Hey, Karis? Karis? Karis. Come, Karis, yeah. can you, Karis, Karis, okay. Yeah, Karis set, up, set up over there. Okay, yeah, when you're ready, when you're ready, yeah. Did you hear? Should she start? Y'all ready for this? All right. That's what we do now? That's what we're doing this week. Okay. This is a segment, Baby Nation, where we talk about the crazy covers of Babysitter's Club art director Hodges Swallow. It's called Swallow You Into the Dark. Yep. This week... I have one very specific thing that I want to talk about in relation to this cover. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. but it, So the cover is, it's a picture of uh, what appears to be Christy. She's at bat. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, there's a catcher. 
there's a umpire who's given a signal. He's given a peace sign. Says, peace. He's given the peace sign. It says batter up. But I think there's one thing. At a, I'm just going to ask you, Tanner. If the, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, but there is one thing in particular that really draws your eye. Yeah. Is it the man? It's the man. Right behind Christy. Right behind Christy. There's a man. <laughs> there's a man. Well, so it's just there's so much going on that I want to discuss. Yeah. But keep in mind, this is a dream camp. Mm-hmm. Where all the participants are fathers and their daughters, and all the participants are taking part in this game at mm-hmm. the end of the camp. Right. Which means that there should be, yeah. technically, zero spectators, but there appear to be hundreds of spectators. Yeah. <laughs> They're crowding the stands. Yeah. And right behind Christie's head is a man in dark sunglasses and a three-piece suit yeah and a red tie he looks like a spook and he looks yeah he looks like he's really keeping an eye on this game he's a watcher he's watching he's not having a nice time for sure he looks like agent smith from the matrix yeah and and let me draw your attention to something else tanner can you see what christie's the shirt on christie's uniform says yeah so the first word is cut off but it looks like it says d-i-e Mm-hmm. And this, the word below it is also cut off, but it just says C-A. C-A. Now, let me ask you, Tanner, do you remember what the name of the team that Christy was on in this novel was? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Bane's Blue Batters. Bane's Blue Batters. Is there a C in that? Or is there the word die in that? Look at the man right behind the umpire. It looks like he's wearing two monocles. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you see that? Yeah. He's like he's not wearing glasses. <laughs> he's just wearing two monocles. He's wearing two monocles. So and then there's another. There's CIA another sunglass agent. man. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's having a good time. No, everyone's mad. Everyone's upset. So I, if she's wearing a uniform that says maybe die cat people, mm-hmm. we don't know. We don't know what that is. Ellen's trying to tell us something, but that means that this picture Tanner that Hodges has drawn is not from this novel. Because she would be wearing a blue batter's uniform. Yeah. It's a time that Christy was at bat. Sure. And maybe it's from the future. Maybe it's from the future. Maybe it's from the nightmare world. Maybe it's from the bright timeline starring Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. Look at the catcher's eyes. That is a haunted man. All you can see is the fear in their eyes. Yeah. I can't believe how upset every single person in this. So upset. Why two monocles? And then the umpire is holding the peace sign. Yeah. He's saying, please end this. Well, here's one thing is like the umpire is holding up a peace sign, which like you could say like, oh, no, he's saying that there's two strikes. But Christie is clearly preparing to hit a ball. Right. So it's not like he's calling a strike. Yeah. She didn't just miss a swing. She's set up to swing. Right. So he's not calling a strike. He's putting up a peace sign. Maybe he's our only our only anchor here. I my biggest worry is this CI this spook. Die cats. Die cat yeah, cat people it doesn't fit. It might say die filthy cat people. Yeah, that could work actually. But still, it's not this game. Yeah, it's not from this novel. Hodges has drawn something for us. And he's drawn something for us on this one book that we can be certain out of all the books that Anne never read. 
every now and then Hodges will put someone in the background who just like your eye is drawn to them. Yeah, you remember that guy in the movie theater, the smiler, the smiling man. Yeah. Well, this guy, he's not smiling. <laughs> oh no, no one's smiling here. No one's smiling here. But they're watching. There's also a face on the far right that is unremarkable, except that it is so remarkable. Yeah. It seems to be melding through the chain link fence. Oh, yeah, on the on the bottom right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a face that's pushing itself so far against the chain link that it seems to have actually... It's going through. Pu- ...pushed itself through, and it's angry. So many remarkable faces in this. Yeah. Two monocle guy, face of the fence guy... CIA agent. Yeah. Dead eye catcher. <laughs> Blank expression lady. Chrissy looks great. She looks great. She looks concentrated. She's got a good stance. Yeah. No, she's looking good. Yeah. Looks like she knows what she's doing out there. Well, it's troubling. I feel like this is one mystery that we won't solve this week, Baby Nation. Oh, and this is the thing about Hodges. Yeah. I'm not sure we'll ever solve it. Even in this, the last Christy book. No, oh, don't say that, Jack. I know. <sighs> Jack. I hurt to say it. I'm wondering this week in Christie's very last book ever if you had a baller of the week. Baller of the week? Finally. Finally. Burn of the week. What do you want me to throw in for music under that? What the fuck you want? Okay. It's really bummed me out. Last Christie book. You kidding me? Well, maybe we'll have to read the super specials. I'd rather die. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, my burn of the weeks are... It's actually burdens of the week. Sorry, my burns of the week this week are structurally important to the novel. And very strong burns, but not a lot of fun. How many are there? There are two total burns in this book. I'm going to okay. read the first one. Yeah. And it's it's something that we didn't really hit on, but it's the Watson subplot. Uh, Watson is just a massive, massive fan of Bill Don't Bain. meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes. That's the message that Ellen Miles is. Maybe Ellen Miles is warning us off trying to, trying to find Anne. Maybe Ellen's trying to. Warn us off finding her. No, Ellen's Gloria. This is what she's saying to us, man. Ellen's Gloria. Anne is Bill. Anne is the Bane. We know Anne is the Bane. She's the Bane mm-hmm. to bats. Yep, no, that's true. And then Pete is Matt. We don't need to know who Pete is, but yeah, probably Matt. But Ellen is saying, don't meet your heroes. She's warning us, you and yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's and fine, because we're not interested in meeting Anne. No. I mean, I'd be interested, but... I'm not interested. interested. I'm not interested. I'm interested. I'm trying to do like a negative, like a reverse psychology thing. Anne, is I'm not, not interested in meeting Anne. And if you're Anne's agent or PR person, definitely don't invite her on the show because we're not interested in having her on. I like what you're doing, and I think it's gonna wor- it would work. But this is the one episode that Anne's not gonna listen to. Oh, because it's a bat. Bait. It's bats. bats, right? Maybe her people will listen to it though. Her people are gonna. F- hate bats just as much as she does she only hires other people who hate bats (laughs) god that makes so much sense (laughs) damn it maybe we can let's just record the bit okay and then we'll put it in a different on all the back episodes okay while we're remastering yeah because we're already remastering yeah 
because we needed to do something you said earlier. I can't remember what. Uh, we got to replace every instance of the word B with the word salmon. Salmon, right. So we yeah. may as well So just that sentence, throw... by the way, if you're listening to this after the remaster, is not going to make sense because it's going to sound like I said replace every instance of the word salmon with salmon the word with salmon. salmon. Right. Actually, there's no way that I can make that make sense for you. It's unimportant. Yeah. What is important is that for the um, 130th time, mm-hmm. you will hear us say that we do not want Anne on the show. Yeah. And we're not interested in having her on the show. Yeah. Because we don't need her. We don't, we don't need, need her. her. And yeah. frankly, our power has become greater than than hers. The, than hers. Yeah. And our contribution to the Babysitter's Club. Yeah. And the mythology surrounding the Babysitter's Club has yeah. eclipsed anything she ever intended when yeah. she found those Dead Sea initial novels. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So you had a burn. Yep. Here's my burn. Is he a big fan? Gloria asked, nodding toward Watson. The biggest, I said. She nodded without smiling. I noticed that she was watching closely as Watson approached Bill Bain. I was too. That's why I have a pretty good idea about what happened, even though Watson has never actually spelled it out for me. I saw Watson walk up to the table where Bill Bain was sitting. I watched as he spoke, smiling shyly as he introduced himself. I could just imagine how his voice sounded, a little hoarse and tight, and stuck out his hand for a shake. I saw Bill Bain frown. I did not see Bill Bain put out his hand. And while I couldn't hear his exact words, it wasn't hard to figure out what Bill Bain was saying to Watson. Something on the order of... Scram, kiddo. Mm. And that's my burn of the week. Let's take another run at Bill Bain there. Okay. Because I think that was okay, but I want to feel out some other treatments there. Okay. So I only get one line for Bill Bain here. Yeah. And then Watson comes back to the table and he looks up unhappy. But so what you didn't like was, you didn't like my Bill. Nope, 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 nope. That's not what I said. So it was fine. I just want to hear some other... Approaches. Okay, so I was, try- I was trying to do. I was trying to do like cantankerous old man who's like looking at his looking not at his chair and he's not that old. Well, he's a retired baseball player. Yeah, but re- baseball players retire at like twenty nine. But he's Watson's childhood hero. Watson is probably what in his forties, F- in his fifties, I think. So Bill Bain is in his sixties. Yeah, okay, sixties or seventies. Okay, got it. Sixties or seventies. So let's just settle on a number. Okay, sixty nine. <laughs> okay. 69 years old. Hell yeah. 69 years young. Hell yeah. Okay. And so what I was trying... I just need you to give me some fucking notes here, man. I was trying to do cantankerous old man. No, no, no. No, no, no. I thought your approach was great. I thought what you did was great. I just want to hear a couple more. I just need something to work with. All right, I'll read it again, and then you can give me a critique. Something you want... The direction you want me to Let me see. Let me see if I can get you in the right mind space. Okay. You are someone who is a first stringer. Mm Mm-hmm. You're on the first team. Yep. You're ego obsessed. This is going to be very, very easy. This is a character yep. that's going to be very easy for you to right. inhabit. You're ego obsessed. Mm-hmm. You're just you. You're obsessed with status. Right. It's all you care about because of my great success. Mm-hmm. I've been very successful, always on the first team, and it's become something that I think yeah, about but a lot it's just because, because it's basically the water that I'm swimming in. You've lost your love of the game. Okay. And you're just obsessed with getting ahead. Okay. At any cost. Okay. Including cutting your close personal friends off. Okay. Instead of like helping raise them up mm-hmm. to your level, 
You've mm-hmm. cut them loose. Okay. You've let them go down to the second team. Okay. So I just want to hear that, like, disgusting, awful kind of, like, I'm a slimy yeah. toad. Yeah. Okay. That's giving you a line reading, which is not something a good director does, but I just want you to inhabit that character. Was that a Lewis Carroll reference? Uh, yep. You said slithy toad. <laughs> I said slimy toad. <laughs> it sounded like Lewis Carroll. Um, okay. Take a run at this. Mm. I did not see Bill Bain put out his hand. And while I couldn't hear his exact words, it wasn't hard to figure out what Bill Bain was saying to Watson. Something on the order of... Scram, kiddo! That's good. Good? That was good. Perfect? Uh, Not perfect, but... Nailed it? Best we're going to get out of you. You want an accent? Nope. Good. Burn of the week. So, you had another burn, or... No, that's my burn. Oh, you said you had two. Got a second one. You want another one? Yeah, I have, I have the world's weakest burn. Okay. Maybe I should just take your second one. No, my second burn, Tanner. This is, is mine. Jack stole my burn. Baby Nation, Tanner doesn't have a burn. Just admit it. Not he anymore, because you just stole it. Okay, fine. Here's my second burn. You took from me. It's also structurally important to this novel, and boy, what a great moment. Mm. It's at the end of this novel when Bill Bain finally deigns to show his face on the field after a week of the campers kind of doing their thing. Right, 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 totally. Suddenly, Bill Bain stood up and stalked onto the field. He walked directly to Gloria. What's your problem here? He demanded. Can't you run the simplest drill? Are you happy with this? (sighs) No, but I don't want to... Well, just give me me a no and I'll fix it. I can't work with this. I just can't. can't work with this. Okay. I'm trying to do a slithy toe. Yeah, I can't work with I can't work with what you're giving me. So just do it. We'll f- we'll find someone else afterwards. Okay, fine. Can I just do it in my own voice then? Sure. We're just gonna read Cassie anyway. So Gloria gaped at him. It was the first time I had seen her speechless. I stepped forward. We were running it just fine until you showed up. The words popped out of my mouth before I could stop them. Bill Bain's face turned red. He glared at me. Who are you? I'm Christy Thomas, one of your campers, I said. And Gloria is just about the best coach I've ever worked with. Thanks for your input, he said sarcastically, turning away from me. I looked at Gloria. I didn't, I'm not happy with how I said that. I mean, me neither, but... <laughs> Thanks for your input. See, I like this. Thanks for your input. Why is he, he said. from Brooklyn all of a sudden? Why is he like a cabbie? That's who he is. That's who I've chosen for him. What do you want? I don't... Where do you want him to be from? Nothing. Okay, he's putting his hands up. Thanks for your input, he said sarcastically, turning away from me. I looked at Gloria. She was still... Sarcastically. Pe- That's sarcastic. Do do Ooh. this while you're oh, saying it, and okay. I think it'll help Tanner's doing it. A, doing a motion like he's, he's trying to wipe something off of a lamppost. Just say jerk off motion. <laughs> trying to keep it. PG. That just helps you. It's it's a non. Tanner's doing arm stuff. He's doing arm stuff into the camera right now. It's a non visual prompt that helps you channel the character of like sarcastic. Okay, I'm Christy Thomas. Don't do it ca- like that. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> do it up here. <laughs> I don't like it when you do it off camera. <laughs> I'm Christy Thomas, one of your campers, I said. And Gloria is just about the best coach I've ever worked with. Thank you for your input. It's good. He said sarcastically, turning away from me. 
I looked at Gloria. She was still pale faced and open mouthed. I thought of how Vicky had compared me to her. It was time for me to take my own advice and be forceful. Bill Bain needed to hear the truth. Mr. Bain, I said quietly, I think you should know that some people here are very disappointed with your camp. And it's not because of the coaching, it's because of you. Burn of the week. Because of you. I never cross on the other side of the sidewalk from the sidewalk. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So neither of us knows the words of that one. Let's stay on the safe side so I don't get hurt. Jack, it has been 130-ish episodes, and I have never missed a burn of the week. Yeah. In that long tenure, and I will not today. Okay. I will say we missed a major plot element, which is this woman, Vicky, who's trying to tell her dad that she doesn't like baseball. Christy's leaving. She's going to dream camp with Watson. She needs the CAO to step up and be interim president while she's away. Mm-hmm. That CAO? Abby Stevenson. Abby Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, Christy. She assured me. It won't be easy, but we'll make it without you. She smiled at me. Just relax and enjoy dream camp. I'm so jealous. I'd be thrilled if I had the chance to play soccer with World Cup players. That would be my dream vacation. I know you'll keep things running smoothly, I told her. Just make sure Marianne doesn't stage some kind of takeover. You know how power-hungry she can be. That made everyone laugh, including Marianne Spear, who was the club secretary and also happens to be my best friend. She couldn't be less interested in being the center of attention. Your burn of the week is so Christy is saying that Marianne is weak? Yeah. And will never gain power. It could not ever gain power. Couldn't. She's too spineless. She's a joke. She's a joke. Marianne's a joke. Marianne, you're a joke. Yeah. And they all laugh about it, including Marianne, who's so spineless Yeah, that she can't even stand up That's for... hilarious, the idea that I would ever be the president of something or amount to anything. Yeah. So, good burn. Mm. It's a stretch, Tanner, but I appreciate that you gave it an effort. Tanner, what do you make of this passage? Mm-hmm. When Marianne arrived at my house on Wednesday afternoon, she found a very excited David Michael. He was her only charge that day. Karen and Andrew had play dates, and Nanny was taking Nanny. Emily Michelle to a birthday party. My God, did you get raked over the coals this past week for pronouncing it Nanny. Everybody was on my side. It's Nanny, and everyone is wrong, and you're all wrong, and you're all dumb idiots, and I hope you all feel bad about yourselves for being so dumb and wrong about everything in your lives. Guess what, Marianne, David Michael said, as soon as they'd seen Nanny. Nanny. As soon as they'd seen Christy's grandmother and Emily Michelle off. Uh, you have a dinosaur in your backyard? Guess, Marianne? Suspicious. That's weird. That's a weird thing to guess. That's a weird thing to say. I guess it's just out in the open now. Yeah. We're on the anti-penultimate novel. They're here. Witches are here, dinosaurs are here, cat people are here. Now it's so commonplace that it's barely worth remarking on. They're here. The dinosaurs are here. Oh, uh, was there a dinosaur in the backyard? Oh, no, not today. Not today. Not today. Okay, Tanner, let me run this by you as well. Na- fucking hell, it involves saying the name of the grandmother again. Nani. We, we call her Nani. You say Nani, I say Nani. We say Nani. We say Nani. I'll just say Christy's grandmother. Christy's grandmother stepped out of the car and gave Karen a hug. Then she waved to the rest of us and headed into the house. Christy's grandmother is often in a hurry. Between her bowling league, her volunteer work, and her latest project, a baking business. And 
to get into it. She has a busy life. Tanner. People bake a lot of things. People bake a lot of things. What does Christie's grandmother... This is the first we're hearing of this. This is a major plot change, a major character change. Right. The Christie's grandmother has all sorts of things. Maybe she's baking pizza. What do you think? What do you know? Maybe baking pizza. Okay. Do you think it's possible, Tanner, that she's baking bread? Pizza? I think that's fine. Bread? I think, Tanner... She could be baking bread. Maybe it's a maybe it's a dispensary, and she's getting kids baked on weed drugs. I don't understand why you're so resistant to this. If there's something that you're able to tell us, maybe she's baking about bread theory and clay. Christie's grandmother's involvement. She's a potter, and she's doing. Is that why you say nani, Tanner? Because it's non. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do you not want to talk about this? Maybe she's baking. What else do you bake? Fuck. Do you bake those like ceramic soldiers? Shrinky like, dinks. Or like characters for a tabletop role playing game? Yeah, exactly. So okay. let's move on. Okay, you don't want to talk about it. Okay. Talk about what? <clears throat> okay. Did you have a tearful moment or. That's not how we say it. Tearful moment or. Yes. Do you want to do yours or. Sure, man. Okay. Sorry, I'm just like, I'm really flustered. I'm like, it's hot in here. You know? Hey, I'll just say it. I'll just say it. I'm sorry I brought it up. It's just weird that you've been willing to at least grapple with bread theory. In the... Okay, no, no, that's fine. Okay, okay, fine. I'm going to have a tearful moment. Tearful moment! Can we cut his mic or? No, I'll just do a tearful moment. Okay. We don't have a producer. Finally, in the ninth inning, with the score tied again at 6-6, six to six, I had one last chance. I came up to bat, this time with nobody on base. We needed a run badly, but I knew the most I could hope for was probably a double. The Red Devils had some excellent fielders. I swung twice and missed. Two strikes. Then I let a couple of bad pitches go by. Two balls. One more pitch. I swung and connected. Hard. The ball flew up, up, and away. I took off running and didn't stop until I crossed the plate. A home run! I could hardly believe it. My team was cheering and jumping around. The video cameraman was pointing the camera straight at me. I gave him a double thumbs up and a huge smile. That would have been enough to make my day, but what happened next was even better. Watson came up to bat and connected on the first pitch. He ran as fast as he could and made it all the way to third base. A triple. The next next batter batter hit a grounder between first and second base. And Watson took off for home. As he crossed the plate, Bill Bain was there, cheering him on. The look on Watson's face as he held up his hand for a high five from his childhood hero said it all. Dream camp had turned into a dream come true for him. And from that moment on, I knew it didn't even matter if we won the game. We were winners already. Oh, and by the way, we did win. The final score... Nine to seven. Go blue batters. Go blue batters. Also, my tearful moment. Beautiful. A beautiful novel. Watson. Anything with Watson in it this week made me cry. Yeah. Just because he's like he's like a child. Dad like Christy, is, there's like a role reversal thing. Yeah. And Christy is is the responsible one, and Watson is just so excited to meet his hero, the Bane. Right. And the Bane disappoints him. 
Um, Christy's dad, not so great. She calls him a bunch of times. She feels guilty about it. Once. She calls him twice. She calls him once. She thinks about calling him a second time. Yeah. So we're kind of running out of time. I'm sorry I didn't have time to get into the Stanford prison experiment stuff or any of the prison stuff. But then... Excuse me? Um, so we just we didn't have enough time to get into all the stuff we had to talk about. Like the, yeah. I had like notes on the, the Stanford prison experiment. We've kind of t- brought that up a couple times. Yeah. You said it's. I mean, but you said it's kind of been debunked anyway. So yeah. it's probably fine that we don't talk about that. And bread theory stuff is also obviously don't have a lot of time for that. Yeah, well, it sounds like you said the bread theory is something that you don't want to talk so about. So we should probably wrap up and head out. Okay. Um, it's pretty late. We had a, a kind of weird record tonight where we were having a lot of technical troubles. And okay. Kind of out of time this week. We don't have time to get to everything, obviously. So I've been Tanner Greenring. Okay, that's not how we do this. Michael Cannon. Yep, no, you're just reading your notes now. What about if uh, you let me... You seem very anxious. Is it because I brought up the baking thing? We don't. We can. I think it's all the technical stuff. It's just okay. like I'm, I'm feeling really flustered. It's you know? Bothering you? Is it okay? Because last week I feel like there were some problems with this or, with the orb thing, huh? And that because I, I think like my audio is cutting out. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I can't. Yeah, he's tapping his ear. We should probably wrap up. I'm just like I'm having a lot of trouble. He's tapping his ear. Tapping yeah, yeah, his yeah. ear. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We should get it the fuck out of here. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I've been Tanner Greenring. No, that's not how we do it. Baby Nation. Thank you for bearing with us, Tanner. Thank you for bearing with me. Baby Nation, please do take a moment to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, this is uh, going to be one of your last chances to do so. Let us know in your reviews whether you want us to do the hatchet order or the Dead Sea or the order. Dead Sea order. Yeah. Please do take a moment to tell a friend about our show and buy our merch. Buy our merch. Bit.ly slash BSCC merch. Thank you to Baby B. John. Yep. At Fox and on Twitter. Baby Nation. This week, we read a book that was called Christy at Bat, and you can be certain that Anne didn't read it. Nope. I barely read it. Next week, we are going to be reading the penultimate book in the series, the final Stacy book, Stacy's. Movie. Oh, thank God, am I right? <laughs> okay, well, it's actually a little sad. Final Stacy book. It's called... We, uh, can't come fast enough for me, am I right? It's called Stacy's Movie. We've seen all this new technology in these books. They got cell phones in this one, and next week, they're finally getting movies. It's weird for that to be the p- penultimate book. Yeah. It's Stacy's just like, Stacy's making a movie this week. Yeah. Anyway, it all ends next week. Yeah, maybe it's like Videodrome. Okay. Yeah. Baby Nation, this week I have been Jack Shepard and Tanner. And I'm Tanner Greenwing. You did great today. Maybe you have a future in podcasting after all. Or maybe you'll find something else you really love to do. That's all that matters. Whether you're a star or just a beginner, the main thing is that you love what you do. I do. And you know what? I hope you don't forget that. I hope you don't get so mired down in your ego <laughs> and in your obsession with fame and status that you lose track of the important stuff. And that's the love of the game. And the game is podcasting, Jack. 
Baby Nation, please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do, Baby Nation. Remember the Delaney's. Tanner? I say something remember now? Remember the trip, man? No, I'm telling you to remember the trip, man. Okay. Baby Nation? Remember Boo-Boo. And take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks... You would think that boys, boys had, had just, just been, been invented. invented. I say it by myself. We both said it this time. Yep. Did you ever trade cards? Yeah, I traded uh, football cards. Football cards. Yeah, football cards. Why do you say it like that? Because it was I was in England at the time, and I had a very similar experience to the one described in this novel, uh, whereby I went to Newick Primary School, and I had just got a Manchester United shiny. Is that like a shiny Pokemon? No, it's like the the stickers, the sticker, well, football stickers. The sticker was shiny because it like represented the team. And some bigger kid persuaded me to trade my Man U shiny for two like minor Sheffield Wednesday players. And I've regretted it ever since. Who was the player in the shiny? It's not a player. It's like the badge for the whole team. And it shines. So like a... Like a running back, or no? It's a ba- it's like a symbol of the team. Quarterback. It was a griffin. The Manchester United has a griffin playing for them. No, that's their their badge. It's their symbol. What are you not getting here? And so that griffin is a quarterback, <laughs> or no? He's the mascot. So does he? Is he on the offensive line or the defensive this is, line? I, this is no, none of the things. And also, you just didn't even blink at the fact that I said Sheffield Wednesday, and that's the name of the team. That makes sense to me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what happened. That was a HeadGum Podcast.